Welcome to Family Tech Talk, the show that helps you be the tech expert of your home. From interviews with lifestyle experts on how they use technology to tech tips and the latest news. No matter what your skill level is with Family Tech Talk, you can be the person all your friends and family go to for tech advice. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Family Tech, where you get to be the tech expert of your home. And speaking of experts, we've got the ultimate social media, Instagram, all of the things expert. And that is Anna McFarlane. Oh, it's me. Hi. It's you. Anna, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do and how amazing you are. Oh, gosh. Should I start from how amazing I am? Amazing. Yeah. So I have loved marketing since I got into it about 23, 20. I never know. I always say like over 20 years ago. I've lost track. But it's just so fun to connect with people to the thing that they want, the right product, the thing that's going to help their life, the thing that tells their story. And I just love all the different types of media. I started in direct mail and through all the different types. And when social media came around, I was super stoked, loved all of them. But there was something about Instagram that I think elevated our relationships and our connection. It was like, blog and Twitter and Facebook and everything that just went all into one. And so that's where I've been investing a lot more of my time and energy to helping brands and businesses connect with their audience through that channel. But I do love all the channels. Did you just get on yesterday on threads? I sure did. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving threads so far. But yeah, as soon as like something comes out, you're on it, right? You got it. You got to figure it out. You got to know what's going on. A lot of things have been like hurry and get on. And then you're like, "Eh, it's not sticky. It's not interesting. I don't know if and I my two criteria for myself is okay, three. But the main criteria is will this help businesses? And because that's where I spend a lot of my energy or will this be something my kids are into? And then the third is, do I just, do I love it? Is it something for me? And usually the third isn't a thing if the other two aren't. Because I usually love it if I can see the stickiness that a business would like or that kids would like with it. So there's not a lot of things that I'm like, no, I just like this because I just like this. Usually it, it comes with the other two. So far, Threads is a whole not even day old yet. And I'm seeing the stickiness, but they're going to have to change a few things up pretty quickly to keep people around. And I loved, I know this is not what we're talking about, but I love oh, that Adam Mosseri like just admitted this morning, he was up all night. They got the 10 million subscribers in seven hours. And he said, but getting people on is the easy part. It's keeping people on is where the challenge is. And I love that he's so transparent and he's like, that's true. Instead yeah. of just going, cool, look at us. Why aren't you on here? Which is a little bit of what Zuckerberg did. Sure. <laughs> he totally did that. But Mosseri was like, okay, now we got to keep people on. We want to hear what's going on. I I just think he's such a great face for these types of brands and products. So I'm just super stoked. But super interesting. Yeah, I did love that Zuckerberg tweeted the Spider-Man meme. Such a troll. I love it, though. So funny. But yeah, I think with threads, yeah, there's definitely some things that need to... I want to see just who I'm following. That's going to have to come soon. It's got to come soon. The first thing. For sure. Yeah. So that's like the one thing. But like you said, I usually will hop on whatever new thing people are talking about, mainly just to reserve my username. 
because I am family tech everywhere and like I cannot let that go. But that's the nice thing about Threads is that it was automatically like no one can squat on your name, which right. was pretty cool. If you already had an Instagram name, you had first rights to have that name. So I thought that was pretty great because I think there's just a lot of people that, yeah, that are afraid. Like, I got to get my name. I got to get my name. Yeah. And I don't know when they'll release names if people don't sign I'll up. Claim That'll be interesting. Yeah. But I also, if they ever would. If you have an Instagram name, I don't think they'd ever release it for... I sometimes I wish they would because there's yeah. plenty of people squatting on accounts that they've never posted on. Fun times. Oh, so yeah. that's awesome. what we both like to do. We both like to talk about what's new and what's going on in the world and how it's affecting all of us, including yeah. our kids. It matters. Exactly. So speaking of that, like, what do you think, and especially with this threads coming out and everything, is the most important thing to keep in mind when we're talking to our teens about social media? Like the if you don't say anything else to your teen about social media, what do you think the number one thing would be? The number one thing to talk to your kids about social media. I and here's the interesting thing. Five years ago, I would have said that it will follow you, that there's no mm -hmm. such thing as as temporary or 24 hours or whatever. Like, I feel like we really had to teach these kids that were older, the elder millennials or even <laughs> the mid millennials, younger millennials. But this Gen Z, I swear they're like, they get it. They know it. They're not shocked by it. Yeah. And seriously, five years ago when I was going to middle schools and high schools and talking about that your content is on all these servers and not servers. <laughs> What's the word? No, it is servers. Is it you, servers? Oh, yeah. It was third party ISPs that you were. I know. What am I trying? I'm like, I said it wrong. And. Sarah fixed it. And now I can remember. I'm like, now I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, but, servers is correct. Good okay. job. But these third-party servers that they can keep it for just an astronomical amount of time. And I always say, like, it's there's a limit to the amount of time now, but the law can change before that limit ends. And then right. it keeps going. And anyway, and they were, like, shocked five, six years ago. Wait, what? My Snapchats live somewhere? That was a shock to these the those kids then. Yeah. But kids now, they're like, duh, <laughs> like they get it. Like, so yeah, like, I knew what, that mom thinks. So what would I tell a kid now? I would probably I probably think the number one thing I would say is to. To understand I, this is a t tricky question because my mind's going in a few different places like that, that it's not going to go anywhere. They're going to have some kind of social media in their future, in their life, in whatever they do for business or work. And even if they're like, I'm going to go live on a farm out in the middle of nowhere, there's probably going to be a time where you're like, oh, I got to sell my eggs and my all the produce I'm creating. What's the best way to do it? It's not a farm stand. Anyway, so yeah. I think I would say learn how to use it in a safe space with very safe restrictions and in a place with me and your dad or whomever who can help you feel confident. Feel confident yeah. on it, not afraid of it, because confidence is going to help you make better choices and fear is going to help create more of frustration and anxiety and maybe make more mistakes. So maybe that. Maybe it's like, yeah. how do we build the confidence for you? Where do we start? And asking them, like, how do you feel? How confident do you feel? 
So I'm not super sure. Yeah, what's what would your number one be that you would tell? Because yeah, at first I I was going along the lines that you were that everything is permanent stuff. My favorite from the social network quote is things on the internet are written in pen, not in pencil. And but what you're saying actually, I think I'm switching. I'm switching because yeah. I think being the like owner or being in control of what you see online is the most important thing. So like how we always talk about is like training the algorithm, like not being afraid to unfollow someone who makes you feel bad or not being afraid to like disengage or set some time limits for yourself. I think that is probably the most important thing is learning how to manage it yourself. Yeah. Because it's confidence in what you share, but like your point is confidence in what you receive. Yeah. And it's not this, oh, it's so bad, stay away from it. It's what are you going to do with it? And how do you feel confident enough to make that decision for you so that it is serving you and you're not serving it? Yeah. And I think that's like, that is something that that I think they need to learn so that once they get to that age of adulthood and they're out there doing whatever they're doing, they're not thinking of it as scarcity, as bad, as frustration, as anxiety, as all these other things. They're like, no, wait, I'm in control. Yeah. So I get to choose right. how this goes. So I think that would be my thing. But yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, thanks. That totally changed my complete answer. <laughs> changed mine as I said it. So it's yeah. like, for the question because I was right. like, what would it be? But yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. So that's a great approach. What do you think is like an approach that just absolutely does not work? The opposite, right? The the total fear is that I understand the dumb phone. I understand why people feel more comfortable with something that doesn't have any type of social media on it. And again, there are different age groups and they're different kids and they're all those types of things. But I think that Parents put their own fear on these platforms, on these apps, on these programs, on these phones, and then kids don't feel like they can talk about it. They don't feel like they can share when they've seen something, whether it's on their friend's phone or on a grandparent's phone or on the television. It's that that creating those fearful hurdles that don't have conversation and communication and safety in them. So we think we're being safe, but we're actually removing the safety in our relationship, in the conversation, in the the confidence building for your kids. So it's that no social media or talking about how bad social media is. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm, you know me, I'm a big, I hate fear mongering so, so much. And there is so much of it when it comes to technology and the parents are afraid of it. And so their fear, they're trying to project that fear onto the kids, but the kids aren't afraid of it, but they become not necessarily afraid of it. But like you said, with that scarcity, like they try and get to is okay, like, what is this big, bad thing I'm supposed to be afraid of? I want to look behind the curtain and see what's going on. And I think that just pushes them to be sneaky about it and things like that. Totally. The amount of DMs I've gotten about that very thing about the sneakiness that you have an otherwise great kid who's doing all the things that that they should be doing, but that are signed up, aligned and getting their homework done, blah, 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 blah. 
And because of this fear of saying social media is bad, but they have this curiosity, their other, their friends are on it, or they're not sure why it's bad. When we create this deep curiosity for something that isn't this, I'm not talking like drugs here. Like, it's not like you don't have to have drugs in every store or this, this is something that we're actually using. Again, we, I always use the example of the car, but it's this constant fear of something that people are actually using, that they're surrounded by, that they see, that they are going to find a way to figure out what it's about or see it. And then it turns into a problem. Then it turns right. into the sneakiness, the feeling like when something bad happens, who do I go to? Who do I talk to about it? How do I remedy it? How do I fix it? Yeah. They, they don't know how to fix it. And we're not teaching them how to fix it. We're teaching them how to hide it. That's the worst thing for a person to feel like they can't have a place to fail, to learn, to grow. And it's just like only alone. And that's where I think a lot of the problems stem. Yeah, for sure. I think the other problem is like the almost opposite of that is when parents are trying to be sneaky about like monitoring and parental controls and things like that. That approach is completely wrong when you're trying to build trust with your kids, when you're like, I am secretly monitoring everything you're doing, but I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to do anything. I think that's just the wrong approach as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you think about what the big goal is, like the goal is to get your kid to be an adult. Right? <laughs> yes. That's the big goal. 100%. And even though I have two kids that have moved out, I, I air quotes, totally <laughs> intended because they, they're still come around and a yeah. lot of things you learn when you have adult kids. But but the goal is not for them to live with me forever. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad they're still around and connected. But the goal is to get them to be on their own, to be adults, to be good members of society, et cetera, et cetera. And if we're sneaking, checking on them and there's not that trust built, how do they learn that they are capable? How do yeah. they learn what they did wrong? Mm -hmm. If it's just feeling like someone's constantly like tracking them, watching them and not feeling like they can choose or they can talk or they can decide or any of those things. Like the goal is that. So we have to make the it's that reverse engineering. If that's the goal, then what do we do going backwards through our monitoring and our talking and our conversations and our social that we can help them get to that point. Yeah, I literally tell that to my kids all the time. Like anytime I'm trying to like teach them something, I'm like, my entire job is to make sure you are an adult. That is all I am here to do is yeah. to make sure when you turn 18 or you graduate from high school, you can move out, go to college, be on your own. Yeah. And you obviously you'll need me for yeah, all of the things. Sure. But, but that's the whole goal is to just make sure that they are adults. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. So let's get back to our other conversation about yeah. social media and kids. Like we already touched on this, like mm -hmm. some of the things that's important for kids to understand, like our number one thing. But what else would we also make sure they understand about social media as we're trying to talk to them? There are so many things that they need to understand that, yes, that it's permanent. Yes, that one of my favorite things to talk about with my kids is their ability to unfollow whomever they want. And that is, they, it's weird when you say it out loud, but think about it for yourself too, that you need permission. <laughs> to unfollow people or mute people. 
and the mute is like the best invention on social media, I think, in like mute and archive. For and sure. I think those have been so helpful for people that saving relationships, but and again, in a weird way, blaming the algorithm. <laughs> I didn't see. Oh, I can't in. see. Algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> But I think those things, like letting your kids know that they can mute people, they can unfollow, that they have to take responsibility for what they are following and seeing. And again, you and I have talked a lot about training the algorithm, like letting them know that they're more in control of that and they need to spend the time and energy to make it something that is benefiting them, not just what everyone else is doing or, or even becoming a slave to the product, but becoming an owner of the kind of content they're creating or consuming. That I think is a weird thing that you don't think they need is that permission to mute, to unfollow, to train so that they get a curated and helpful situation or experience. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing that came out of, I don't know if you read the whole advisory from the attorney general. Yeah. Um, I didn't read the whole thing, but I read a lot of (laughs) I read the whole thing on live on a YouTube video. You did? Yeah, I did. It's super eye-opening. I really liked it because most of the stuff that comes out of the government, I am not a fan of. All this like legislation around social media and kids hate all of it. But this I really enjoyed because he did talk about the benefits of social media and how you can basically make sure it's not affecting your mental health and a few things that you can do to do that. Give yourself a time limit and Mm -hmm. unfollow people that you don't follow. But like when he was talking about the benefits, he's talking about how so many kids who, you know, are, especially in like marginalized communities and things like that, they are finding community on social media and really helping them to see that they're like not alone in some of the struggles that they have and some of the things they're doing. So I love what you're saying here, like when unfollow people that you don't want to follow or just mute them because you don't want the awkward like, oh, I'm not following you anymore, but mute them if it's making you feel bad about yourself and you don't have to follow accounts that make you feel bad and do follow accounts that make you feel good and like trying to figure out what those accounts are and and how to find your community. I think that's a good I'm like, hey, let's talk about that. Like, how would you think to find your community on any of these like social media apps? Yeah, I think it's and let me just say really quickly what you're saying about the attorney general. I when I read reports, I'm always looking for a report that says both the positive and the negative. If it says just the negative, I'm immediately turned off because I just think it's not understanding like for anything there's a reason why people do things and there has to you have to understand the positive to understand the negative and and same vice versa I think that's a really good just tip in general that if you are reading an article that just seems all negative about something then realize that what does that article want you to do or what is the goal what are they trying to control your emotion and your fear to do because it's not to educate you. It's Mm -hmm. to help you think something or push you in a direction. And it's all just, again, being someone who's been in marketing for so long, I understand manipulation and the way that people are trying to get you to do something at the end of it. That's just something I talk to my kids about a lot is follow the money, follow the fear. Why are you feeling that? Who's benefiting from that? So if there's not a positive, it doesn't help the negative and vice versa. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. 
But to talk about with kids, understanding how they can find their communities, there are a lot of ways. Is this, you want to talk about like how you can train your algorithm to find that? Sure. I mean, we can touch on that. We dig real deep into that in the course that we sell. Yes. Link in the description. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, we can touch briefly on training the algorithm. And I think maybe more because that's like where you're consuming the content. Right. Like what about where you can interact with people that like are similar to you? Yeah. The social media has gotten so smart that we used to have to search hashtags, right? That was like right. the ultimate search engine for social media was hashtags. And now they're so much smarter that we are searching not just all the text and all the text in your bio, but even the text that comes out of the pictures through the AI that understands what the pictures are, right? Mm -hmm. Even though that's been happening for a long time, but nobody talked about it until. Yes. <laughs> sure. But I think that if we go and use search for things, and this is why it's also really good to talk to kids so that they're aware that, that they are using search for whatever they're searching for. And yes, it's a little bit of, I think people don't want to talk to their kids because they're afraid their kids are going to go right to make Such it inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or something that they're like, oh, don't look up that kind of stuff. But talking to them through it and saying, yeah, you could. I don't suggest you do this because this. But the other things you can do is you really love cats in costume. That was the first thing I thought of. I don't know why that. <laughs> but let's look, love you know, that that's the first thing that comes into your head. I was like, <laughs> that was actually in my mind. I couldn't figure it out. It's probably like Star Wars cat. I was imagining it ah, for some reason with the lightsaber. Did I dream it? Did I see it sometime? Why was that in my <laughs> I think I saw a picture of that on thread. So maybe I'm it was there. Probably. I'm sure it's because I was thinking like, what would a kid go? Oh, yeah, that's people like me. Right. Are really into cats that are in and Star Wars. And sure. so to find a lightsaber wielding cat. So you go into search something like that and then you start finding it. You go find the account. And you immediately can see, oh, this isn't for me. Don't click on those, but click right. on the ones that you can see. Oh, this looks like something I would be interested in. And then you can, yeah, start interacting with that account. And mm -hmm. algorithms are there to serve us, to make it easier for us. They're not these horrible, mean guys. There's nobody in it. They're computers. And they want to give us the things we want. So when we type those things in and then click on that photo and then engage with that photo, it goes, huh. Maybe they want to see more cats in costumes and Star Wars info. Yes, yeah. that is who I am. And it could be something of, yes, marginalized communities. When you can find, look at there are other people like me who are also dealing with this thing that I'm dealing with, whether that's health, whether that's identity, whether that's the issues you have with learning or education. There are so many cool resources out there, too, that we've talked about this with my kids, like when they first got on TikTok. And I was with them in understanding TikTok. And this was right. before TikTok was bananas, but it was still yeah. crazy, but it was before it was like bananas. And everyone's like, it's just dancing. It's just dancing. It's just dancing. And they were finding these teachers during early 2020 when they weren't in school, when they were mm -hmm. doing remote school. And they were finding these teachers who got on TikTok and were teaching different ways to learn science and math. And it was like, I remember my daughter being like, oh. I finally get it. Like her yeah. teachers didn't give her that, but she could find this type of a resource for her type of learning that was so cool that she yeah. could find that and get inspired and pass her class and benefit from something. Like that's really rad. Yeah, I love that. So I don't have ADHD. I know you might. And my, my daughter, I, I, I didn't want to call you out, but 
<laughs> but my daughter does. And the amount of like reels about ADHD that she sends me on like a daily basis is hilarious. She'll just like, send me a reel like, oh, I feel this. Oh, this is so me. It's so validating. Yeah. There are times when there were there are a couple of ADHD things because, yeah, I'm talking to my doctor about it and I'm talking to my son who has it, but his is pre- presents totally differently. And you have a few people that you talk to, but then there's something that comes out and I see it on a reel or in a post because it was suggested to me. And I'm like, oh, is that a sign of ADHD? And then I go, I can go then research it. And I'm like, oh, and it totally makes you feel validated and safe. Yeah. I'm not that kind of thing that I do is just another part of this thing that I have that I've learned to just love and forgive and accept and work through. And I think because of social media, I've been able to embrace it. Yeah. And I think I, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's been helpful for my daughter too, because like I said, I, it's not something that I deal with. So I have a hard time like, you know, understanding what's going on in her brain. But like she sees these and she's, oh yeah, this is exactly what's happening in my brain. Here, mom, like here's a little, and it helps me understand it a little bit better too. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. I understand why you did that now or something yeah. like that. So it creates more understanding in general. Totally. Yeah. I've sent them to my husband and I'm like, yeah. oh, now he's, oh, so I need to say it like this to you. I'm like, yes. And it's like, I don't have to ask, I don't have to say it. I can send it to him. And then someone else said it. There's yeah. that guy. Yeah. But it's, it's really helpful for kids to feel like they're not alone, you know? Yeah. And then back to that point too, like where it's helping other people understand what somebody who's not going through it is dealing with. And this was years ago before the TikToks and all of that. But I was watching a video of this like relationship expert on the lifestyle show. And he was explaining something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my husband. And my, I had a, an epiphany. Yeah. I'm like, that I completely now understand like my entire relationship. Mm-hmm. And so just stuff like that, where you find something on social media where you're like, oh, like my whole world now makes sense. Yeah. And it's a cool space that kids like, again, it's a it's an amount they can do. They don't want to be consuming that all the time. We yeah. understand that. We get that. I love that that post you put up recently. It's one I've loved as well, like where it shows then and they're all just standing on the street reading newspapers and now yeah. and they're reading phones. I love that because it's against what we're being told that yeah. I use air quotes so many times. I'm gonna try to, but when people say, oh, everyone's just on their phones, get off their phones and look around. It's like, There's always something that distracts, that informs. It's not like we go, oh, newspapers are bad. Yeah, there's sometimes they are, whatever. But also there's like an information and there's a, there's, I'm learning something. I'm getting more information about the world and politics and sports and all these things. And like, yeah, that's also what your phone does. It can do the same thing for you. And we can't just say it's so bad that kids want to be online. But if your nose was in a newspaper for 10 hours a day, then you go, yeah, that's a problem. It's knowing that it's not either or, it's and. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think parents today forget how we were when we were kids. And when I was a kid, I spent the entire summer at my friend's house, sitting in front of MTV, watching music videos all day. And we as parents now will be like, oh my gosh, you've been playing on a video game all day long or, and granted, I make sure they have natural breaks. I set time limits. 
and I give them additional time. Yeah. But I remember sitting in front of MTV literally all day. And it's like to think that that's different than what they're doing somehow is really disingenuous, I think. Yeah, we've talked about this too, like how if you put everything that we did as kids, like on a typical Friday night or Saturday, it was watching the cartoons, depending right. on your age, say by the yeah. bell or whatever. And it was listening to the radio and having your headphones on or whatever for hours a day, talking to your friends for hours a day, trying to call <laughs> one and then call the other and then see what's going on with everyone. When all these things that we did, there's so many of the different types of things that are all found on one thing, like even doing homework and calculator and learning and like the things that we think it's not just entertainment. There's information. There's staying in contact with family and grandparents and friends that are far away and reaching out. And instead of writing a nice letter, snail mail, they're writing a nice text or a nice email. There are a lot of things, but it just so happens that it all happens on one or two devices. And so we forget that if we broke it up, that's how we were. And yeah. that was not, yeah, I'm sure our parents were like, get outside more <laughs> or whatever. My parents weren't because I grew up in Arizona and I don't know if you saw it's gonna be 115 this week in the summer. Oh, like, remember this? That's like you get unbearable. to a point where you're like, what can we do inside? Because <laughs> it's so hot. That's but a... terrible. But so it's not, oh, get outside all the time. Like it's summer, it's hot or in the winter, sometimes it's snowing. So there's other things and we can't make this a villain when it's doing so many of the things all on one device that we did on separate devices. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you bring that up because it is. I watched MTV. I was like on the phone with my friends, but all of these different things are now from the same device. Or I was playing Nintendo. Like yeah. again, gaming, phone calls, texting. We didn't have texting. All yeah. of those things are now found on one device. So yeah, it's going to take up more time. But if you break it into all of the different things that you're doing, it it might be a lot more similar to what we did. Yeah. Reading encyclopedias. Right. All, there are so many things that all happen on your phone. Did you have encyclopedias growing up? Oh, yeah. yeah. We had two sets because we were really, really blessed. Nice. I remember because we moved a lot and I was like, every time I'm like, these stupid encyclopedias. <laughs> but I loved it because when I had to do a paper, you always had to cite two different sources. And I was always like, I got two bibliographies. I've got Bri Britannic. Bibliography. I've got. Yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. You're right. No. I'm saying bibliography for my citing. What am I trying to say? Did I say it right? Well, that's a good Encyclopedias. Right. That's what I was trying to. Gosh. Oh, I think, yeah. Encyclopedia. Gosh, I think I, I thought I saw bibliography twice. Anyway. Encyclopedia. You reference but, the encyclopedia in the bibliography. There it is. So the encyclopedias are just also on their phone. Just so much stuff. Like how cool that these, the resources that they have, that they don't have to just have two old encyclopedias. They don't have to just have the books that are in the house. They don't, they can listen to books if that helps them. They can read books. They can, they can watch clips of things. They can see, it's just, there's just so much. And so we have to remember that and remind ourselves that's what they're doing. They're just doing a lot of different things and just talking to them about what they're doing on it. Yeah. And I love that you brought up encyclopedias because I'm going to tangent for one second yeah, yeah. and throw myself completely under the bus. I'm ready. So my I have two older brothers and one of them was out of the house already. But so I had an older brother and we had a foreign exchange student who was his age who was living with us from Denmark. 
And he was a senior in high school. And I'm like maybe three or four years younger than my brother. And what a person and, the foreign No. No. Okay. <laughs> and he was like another brother to me. It was okay. fine. No, but they like loved to try and convince me of things. Mm-hmm. And so like we were in Boston on vacation. We're looking at the harbor. My brother's still tastes like tea and totally believed it. I didn't drink it or anything, but I'm like, there's a lot of tea in there. So it like, yeah. kind of makes sense. But anyway, they got it in their head that they were going to convince me that there was two moons in Denmark. And they would like they gaslit me till no end because they'd sprinkle it in the conversations that I wasn't even a part of. Like I'd be in the kitchen and they'd be in like the family room and he's, oh, I was on this date and we were like looking at the moons. Like they would totally like just sprinkle it in. Like they were like an expert, right? Yeah. And it wasn't until my dad busted out the encyclopedia and showed me that there's 11 moons on Jupiter or something. And then I'm like, okay. And then they like died. They're like, we died. Like, they totally convinced me. But like, it wasn't until he busted out our encyclopedia and showed me that there's 11 moons on Jupiter. Granted, he didn't show me that there's more moons on Earth. Yeah, he so showed funny. me Jupiter. But anyway, that's my fun encyclopedia. Story. I love it. It's not funny that we had to go to that. We couldn't be. <laughs> now we're like, wait, how many moons are there? And you're like, hold on. How many yeah. moons are there? And there's a lot of grief. A lot of grief. You can't really convince me of stuff anymore. I have Google. Yeah, Except our kids for- can't get he's very long either so yeah a bummer except with ChatGPT, like he invents stuff so that's nuts yeah and the, see that's so fun to be able to talk to your kids about because they're like oh i can write papers now and you're like "Ooh, did you hear about this thing that happened and then they're like oh okay i guess i can't use it i don't know it's fun yeah I mean, that's a great point though i think it's important to talk to our kids about stuff like that so with ChatGPT, i'm sure you heard about the lawyer who used ChatGPT to cite court cases and submitted that to a federal judge in New York. And the defense counsel was like, we can't find these court cases. Like, where did you get them? The lawyer goes back to ChatGPT and is like, hey, so those court cases, they're totally real. And ChatGPT right? is like, I got you, boo. They're, yeah, they're totally real. And then he like doubles down and submits that response to the federal judge again. And these are completely fabricated cases. Like ChatGPT just made them up. And that's something that you need. Hey, if you're going to try and use this for a report or something like that, this is a lawyer who's been practicing for 30 years and was convinced that ChatGPT gave him correct court cases. And maybe you should double check and go <laughs> to another source. Remember the bibliography? Yeah. Two sources. <laughs> Two sources. Yeah. Bust out the Encyclopedia Britannica mm-hmm. and ChatGPT. There you go. I think just even like with Threads, the new app, talking to my kids about it and just letting them know so they don't feel like there are things that they teach me, of course, but I... Again, this is partly what we both do, so it's easy to say and it's not how everyone feels. But like sometimes you have to be the one who knows and sometimes they're going to be the one who knows. My kids taught me how to like move my cursor with my thumb to get, you know, instead of having to leap. This was a couple of years ago, but I was like, oh, that is the coolest trick. They teach me these little tricks sometimes because it's very obvious for them. But then I can come in and say, yay, hey, did you hear about this threads? And here's what we're going to do before none of them want it right now, but I'm like, before you get on it, let me get on it for a while. Let's let some things go 
through the process of all the people getting on. Let's see what it's like and you experiencing it for them, but also talking to them about it. So it's not just me going, let me do it and then I'll tell you. But I'm right. telling them as I'm on, I'm like, oh, it's a little this, it's a little that. It's a little convoluted here, but I can see why you might like this eventually if, and so they feel like they're in mm-hmm. the know. They don't feel like, oh, I just got to wait till my mom tells me if I can or can't. If they just want to feel like they're aware of things too. Yeah, yeah. I love that because especially like with news and things like my daughter will watch Nintendo Direct and can come to me and tell me all about the new games coming out or right. whatever. Or I'll see something about the MetaQuest 3 and I'll be like, hey, Michael, my son. Hey, did you see about the MetaQuest? He's, oh, yeah, it's lame because of this and this. And so I love that you are like, hey, they can actually teach you and you can teach them. And it's a mutual give and take where you're like, you don't have to have all the answers, especially if they come to you and like, hey, I want to know about this. Okay, you know what? I don't know about that. Let's research it together. Or, yeah. or why don't you research it and let me know what you think first? Because I know we talked about this in the past of yeah. having them research like an app that they want to have and presenting that to you. Yeah, but it's all about the conversation and having it continue to go. It's not, okay, we're going to sit down with them once every six months and talk about their phone usage or talk about the apps or, okay, there's something new. So we're going to have a family meeting and we're going to talk about this. It is so prevalent in life. I'm not even going to say their lives or our lives. It's just prevalent everywhere. You just go down the street and you look at any of the stores. They're like, follow us on Facebook. The hospitals are telling me to follow them on Facebook. And I'm like, no, but like, It's omnipresent. It's everywhere. And so it's not just, okay, let's sit in the car. Okay, now it's time to talk about social media. It's not the talk. It's not. And I have a good friend who's a sex therapist too. And she would say the same thing about sex. It's it's not just a one-time sit down. Like it's a constant conversation. Mm -hmm. But I would say probably because I'm biased because I'm on social media a lot more than I'm. I don't know how I was going to say that next part. But I think (laughs) we should talk about social media more than we talk about even sex, because it is always around. It is always going to be every day they're going to have to deal with it with their friends and understand it. So it just has to feel like a constant conversation. It has to feel like they can walk through the kitchen and say, hey, mom, this thing happened and not feel like, wait, come back. Tell me everything. Let's sit down. Let's get out the little paper where I write things down and then we resign. You know what I'm saying? Just let's make it super awkward and weird. Yeah. It just has to feel like it's a part of the conversation so they feel like they can talk to you. So they feel really comfortable with you in it because it is, it's a thing. It's happening. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. I so love that. I think what we're talking, like when you're talking to them in having these like frequent conversations, it's important to bring up like latest news, like you said, so the threads. Or I always talk about when you see a big news article of kids getting not kidnapped, but but sometimes kidnapped and things like that. And these are like heavy topics. Actually, a good one to talk about is the whole Miranda Sings. Uh, yeah. It's controversy right now. Yeah. Because that's something like if you approach it in a very fear-based way where you're like, I can't believe like I we're locking down everything. So this doesn't happen. You can't talk to anybody. And you go that extreme other end when these like news things come out. 
then, you know, they're not going to be like, like, it's going to be an awkward conversation. But if you're like, hey, let's talk about this. Do you think she was in the wrong? What do you think? What do you think the parents could have done better? What do you think the kid could have done better? And have those conversations instead of a big. Yeah. And even like speaking of Miranda Sings, and I think it's ironic because we're going to be on YouTube with this. Yeah. We are on YouTube right now. Hello, YouTube. I know. I hate (laughs) YouTube. But like I tell my kids, like Miranda Sings was a lower grade, but like a Mr. Beast. Like people know who she was. There were kids who just loved her and followed her. And like she would do these live chats. And if you got a shout out for Mr. Beast, how would you feel? And they're like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? It would be the best thing ever. And they have a lot of other names of people, but he's just like the biggest. So it's easy to use him as an example. He got to a million on threads before Zuck. He is such an enigma to me. Like I can't. He's so fascinating. He's yeah. so amazing what he's been able to do. Anyway, yeah. side note. But when I say like Mr. Beast, like how would that have felt? That's how people felt with Miranda Sings. And so you see her as this total has-been because you're younger and she's not part of that culture that you yeah. grew up with. But let's look. Like, can you imagine Mr. Beast? And I just, this is how I talk to them about it. So I'm going, what do you think? It's Look at this. Can you imagine Mr. Beast pulling out a ukulele to give his apology? And I feel like so weird. Yeah. Do you think that seems genuine? And then just look at that. So then they compare it to something they know. They're like, yeah, right. that's, that really doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Why don't you think it sits well with you? It's, well, it just feels. And so it's instead of just being like, yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't know who she is. Like this can yeah. happen. All these people you follow, something's going to come out about half of them. Guarantee you. Everyone, like everyone you think that is just simple or plain, like Jared from Subway. Stuff oh, like right. That. Yeah. Oh, just, he was oh, so terrible. Who cares? But then yeah. you're like, whoa. So then it just gives them that that conversation to say, these are people. There are a lot of flawed people. It's good to know where we're putting our time and energy and who we're supporting. But we don't have any of this control. We don't know who they are. We take all this with a grain of salt and understand what are we doing with the rest of our lives? And then they just go, oh, yeah. But I love the Miranda Sings examples because, yeah, that was one that we were like, so what do you think about the ukulele? It's fun. It's a catchy little ditty, but is it? Is, <laughs> she got, I think why it's catchy is at one point I was like, wait, this is from that show on the Disney channel that was like, all aboard the choo-choo train, all aboard, all aboard, choo-choo. Do you remember that? It was Yes. Wait, yes. like choo-choo soul? Yes. Yes. There was part of when she was doing like all aboard the gossip train or whatever that was. I can't yes. Remember. And I was like, she did a little thing. I'm like, that's like Choo Choo Soul. Or, I forgot that's what soul. it was called. But I'm like, yeah. I remember it just kept, she kept reminding me of different songs, but we all artists steal. And I think that's, it's not the fact that like, it's a great song or anything. It's just, it's kind of like an earworm where it's just. But then as a marketer, then I say yeah. to my kids, what is her goal here? Oh, it was to get talked about. And it worked. Yeah. If she had just gone on and apologized, people would be like, oh, that's nice. But guess what? Everyone's mimicking it, mocking it, redoing it, talking about it on TikTok. So yeah. in a way, even though it's like a sad way to get talked about, it's yeah. an effective way. And what do we know, children? Is that well, press is good. It's good press. Yeah, even bad press. And so it's just that, okay, so what's the goal here? What is What does she want from us? She wants us to talk about her. Here we are. Yeah. She yeah. wants us to like, she wants to be relevant. Here it is. And even if it's bad, because then she could come back and rise up again. There's all these things that you look through. And so you're like, am I being manipulated? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it's fun to just have that conversation so they can understand what's happening. Yeah. I like what you said there with the 
we never know what's really going on behind the scenes of anybody. And I think that's an important thing for kids to understand, especially with social media. Like you have your friends posting these great pictures of them having fun. They're at the beach or they're on vacation or they're at a party or whatever. But you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And there could be really bad stuff going on. And they're just putting on a front, telling them not to compare their real life with someone else's highlight reel, I think is a really important thing because you never know. And I think they, I think like, again, I'm comparing five, 10 years ago where when my older daughter was in this stage to where my now 13 and 17 year old are in it. It's, and maybe it's because we've talked about it longer and they are, remember me talking about it with my daughter, but they get it. They know that it's not real, but they still need someone to say that hurts. Like I, I do remember not being invited to things and it wasn't immediate that I found out, but I always found out. Mm -hmm. And, and we've talked about this before, but I feel like it feels important to say right now is that when we talk to our kids about social media, a lot of times I notice people, our generation, these parents are saying, I'm so glad I didn't have this when I was your age. Uh And we really discount their reality. Mm -hmm. We are shutting down their life. And their reality by saying, I'm so glad I don't have, I didn't have this when I was a kid. I'd be in so much trouble or it would have been the worst thing. But guess what? They do have this. And so when we say, oh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to have social media when your friends are hanging out without you, pause. Remember, this is real for them. This is happening. It's not about your life. But also, you did know what it felt like when people hung out without you. You might have heard about it the next day or someone called you or you heard about it at school or you saw pictures later or whatever. But we all felt left out. And just take that emotion instead of having to compare it tit for tat and be like, I don't know what that's like. Social media is the worst. Just go, oh, that really hurts. I'm sorry you have to see that. Let them have this reality of it being uncomfortable and just let them talk through it. Like, how does yeah. this make you feel? Do you want to talk about it more? Or what would you like to do? But just help them process it instead of telling them how to feel about it. Or worse is what I think a lot of people do is they just go and poop all over social media going, I'm just so glad I didn't have it when I was a kid. Yeah. That's not really helping. That doesn't yeah. help. For sure. I didn't even need social media. This was several years ago. I've always worked and I went out to lunch just to grab lunch during my lunch break or whatever. And I get to the restaurant. You went out to lunch during your lunch break? It's so weird. I know. I don't know why I would do that. But I went to this restaurant and like literally my three best friends were there having lunch. I could tell they felt like really bad. But I understand. Like I work. They're not going to always be like, hey, can you come out to lunch? Because I know you're working. But it's still, I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks. But I didn't even need social media to like happen upon my friends at lunch. But I love that like where you're discounting their experience when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't have this. Or uh, when people are like, they have, there's this like picture of like kids outside, like riding bikes and stuff. I'm glad that this was my childhood instead of this or whatever. And I'm like, but was it really? Yeah. I I went on my bike down to 7-Eleven, but then I went back and watched MTV. The kids today are doing the same thing as we mentioned before, but they, but you're minimizing their experience when you're like, oh, that must be the worst. And that's the 
trick. That's the key is I think if we keep centering ourselves and our childhood in their life and their experience, we're missing it. We're missing what they have and we're not dealing with and talking to them. We're talking at them, comparing them. Like my parents did this to me. We all, every generation does it. Like when we were kids, we went and paid a nickel and da-da. And you're like, cool. My mom went to school uphill in the snow both ways in Southern California. I don't want to brag, but my dad was a student body president, valedictorian, prom king, and head of the basketball team. And I was like, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. And then I found out way too late that there were 11 kids in his graduating class. I had over a thousand in mine. I was like, hold the phone. I have been judging my high school. You had 10 other people and half of them were like working full time in the small town you lived in. Are you really farming? (laughs) Anyway. I know what that's like to be compared to your parents and you're like, oh, I should do more. But but these phones, this, these apps, these social media things, they're in their lives. And if we tell them, like, I'm so glad I didn't have it, we are immediately breaking the connection. We are stopping listening. We aren't figuring out how to help them. We're just centering our life and what we thought was great, only the positive things, to your point. Yeah. And saying you don't have as lucky of uh, an experience. They have a great experience. Yeah. Help them be good at it. Help them like maximize it and grow in it instead of telling them that it's not good because it's real. It's happening. Yeah. I love crazy that. Crazy. You tell. Say, I like really. In- <laughs> <laughs> we're both real soapboxy about this. It's if we were wrong, it would be harsh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I do think there's a lot there's a lot of good with having the conversation and deciding with your kid if it doesn't work for them. I'm not ever suggesting that your kid should be on social media. That's not the goal here. Sure. I'm not saying your kid should be pay- playing video games. That's not the goal. The goal is that what is it that they are going to be using or using need to use or want to use or want to learn and how do we help them feel safe and comfortable and confident in learning it in a safe place? In a place like I tell my kids, I want you to fail with me because I will let, I'll forgive, I'll move on, not forgive. Like it's a safe space to fail. And instead of failing on your own after you're 18 and you're by yourself and you don't know how to work it, pick it up and move on. Like this is safe. So this is the work we're doing. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that was it. And Oh, yeah. But it's like you always say about the car, like driving, like I can't just get a license. I need to practice driving beforehand. And this is one of your favorite examples is just like the permitting, basically the permitting process. Is that what it yeah. Like of how to get a driver's license. The learning. The same thing kind of thing you need to do with social media. Yeah. You don't just give your kids keys to the car when they're 18 and say, good luck, don't die. Even though for the last six years of their life, they were like, can I get in a car? And you're like, no, you're going to die. That's horrible. They're totally dangerous. Do you know how many people died on a, in a car last year? There's a yeah. lot, by the way. It's, right. They're dangerous, for sure. They're heavy machines. And yet we're like, oh, this is important for you to learn because we live in a community and in a world where transportation is something you're going to have to figure out and get in a car. But even people who are living in New York City and don't have a license, they still have to learn how to get in a car and know the safety of being in a car. There's still things you have to learn. You can't be like, none of it. 
Yeah. And so what, what we do instead is we drive with them. We sit in the passenger seat. They get a permit first. They do 40, 60 hours of practice driving with us in the passenger seat before they're even able to go to the next step and the next phase. Yeah. And if something happens and they mess up, we take the keys and we get in the car and or in the driver's seat and then we drive for a while. And that's the learning process. So why would we do anything but that same thing with another really awesome, dangerous machine that, yeah. yes, it does a lot of damage. And I can we can bring up horrible, scary stories and make everyone totally afraid. Or we can say there's also so many good things that have happened through this. There's so many opportunities that come through this. There's so many great things that you can see and learn and grow and do. So I'm going to sit with you and help you learn how to drive this and learn how to use this. That's yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I just had to tell the whole analogy because we were referencing it. I love it. No, it's a perfect analogy. It's one of my favorites. So I think we can probably leave that there. Is there anything else you wanted? We've been talking for an hour. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. But anything else that we think that we missed that we want to like touch on before we wrap up? I can't think of anything specifically other than just it's it's so much better to just ask your kids what they want to do with it than to tell them what you've decided or what you've read. And I see this with my kids all the time. They'll always come up with interesting or even better ways than I would have come up with if I say like, how would you like to remedy this? Or how do you want to fix this? Ask them and listen to them. Instead of telling them what you know, ask them what they know. And it's amazing the different opportunities and options and avenues that grow and that you can help them to become better at phones. But then you become better at phones too, just by listening to them and asking them instead of telling them. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. Thank you so much, Anna McFarlane. You can follow her. Anna is the worst or kids are the worst, which is Let's also a super. But Let's just stop at those two accounts. Those, she has several others, but those are the main ones you definitely want to check out. Thank kids you. are the worst is hilarious. Obviously, just a super funny account where she talks about how kids are the worst. <laughs> we love them. We've all been there. We love them. Yeah, for sure. Thank you again, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Family Tech Talk. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I am Family Tech on all platforms and respond to all of my DMs. You can also become one of my techs by joining the Facebook group, our subreddit, or the Discord server. Just search any platform for Family Tech and you'll be sure to find the community.